Welcome back to another episode of Leadershipping. I'm Caleb Nelson with Sifted. In this podcast, we really try to have fun talking about transportation, about shipping. Those two things oftentimes don't go together, but when you're passionate about something, it's hard not to have the fun come through. I can't think of a better guest who is extremely passionate about sustainability in transportation than Kevin Morellas. Thanks for being here, Kevin. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. Love the work that you guys do and love the opportunity to be able to talk about sustainability and helping shippers figure out how they can reduce their impact, cut their costs, and hopefully make the world a little better place. Yeah, man. I can't wait to dive in. I think this is going to be a really impactful episode for a lot of shippers who want have those gut feelings of like, I, I want to be more sustainable, but I might not know exactly how, or I might think it's going to cost money. I'm excited to jump into it. But to give our listeners an understanding or an idea of who you are and the impact you have in, in the sustainability space within transportation, you've got a, a wide background in shipping, marketing, product development, and others. It, 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 you're, you're a unique guest that we talk to because I think you, you are a jack of all trades. Um, you offer some, some really great sustainability content on LinkedIn, and you've, got, you've amassed a, a, a massive following on LinkedIn, I think the last time I checked, it was like 8,000 followers uh, there. And if anybody is, is listening to this and, and doesn't follow Kevin, you know, you, you, you should really give him a, a follow on LinkedIn. I think that the, the content that you're sharing, Kevin, is extremely relevant and really gives shippers a good idea of how to bite size and bring in sustainability into their organization. Because I think everybody knows it matters, but people don't really know how to really put it in place yeah and and that's really you hit it on the head is that i struggled the same thing right i kind of fell into the sustainability i'd worked at fedex for 15 yeah. years and had you know been very interested in like how do we be more sustainable like so many people i get big boxes with tiny items in it and i, like, <laughs> yeah. and I thought my god what, well what's the impact of this to FedEx from a shipment and I had access to all of the data and I had gotten a package one time and it was my iPhone and I thought, oh, it's gotta be like 60% empty space. And I discovered it was actually 93%. And since I had the data from the shipper, I was like, I realized we were shipping entire warehouses of empty space. Yeah. And I thought, this doesn't make any sense. And so I started dove in and from there it kind of snowballed. But like so many shippers is, I discovered it wasn't easy to figure out how do you be more sustainable and right. I've been lucky enough to be able to have the time to do that research and looking forward to sharing a little bit. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those those uh, topics that really matters to people. They it really they, they, they care deeply about wanting to reduce their carbon footprint, wanting to reduce the waste that ends up in landfills from their boxes, from packaging material wanting to reduce e even their usage on on fuel and kind of cutting co2 but they they really as a shipper oftentimes feel like they don't necessarily have a lot of options and i think they they default with well I, if fedex or ups wants to go green and and be more sustainable that's really on them i think shippers have a lot more control than what they they actually believe that they do and i i think that it's one of those rare things that has a direct one for one on the cost replacement side uh, and a cost reduction. I think it's really cool. 
So you, you've recently started CutCO2.net. Uh, tell us about what, what drove you to do that and where, you know, resources, uh, where shippers can find resources on that site. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I, I took a job as a chief sustainability officer for a 3PL and, you know, I had a, you know, honestly, uh, one of the beautiful things if you're in sustainability is there's not very many people have a lot of expertise, particularly when you have logistics and sustainability. So they recruited me and I knew a little bit, I mean, knew more than most, but I was like, I, there's a lot I needed to learn. And I was like, okay, there's gotta be a playbook out here that I can pinch. And there wasn't, I yeah. really discovered like, so I was spending days and weeks Googling and researching and learning. And I wound up just having to put together my own playbook. And then when we parted ways in August, I was like, well, I've already got all this knowledge. I mean, I'm not the only person who's struggling with this. So why don't I put it in a website? And more recently, I transitioned on the Chief Sustainability Office for Delivered, and we will be incorporating some of this information in our side as we move forward to help people because really, you know, our goal is to help people cut their shipping costs and their uh, impact as well. But, you know, what's essentially there, and what I think what will help people understand when you talk about a one-for-one -one reduction in emissions, and uh, cost is understanding what drives emissions and what drives your shipping costs, right? Yeah. When you think about your pricing, what drives it? It is weight, cube, you know, times distance, times the mode, right? Yeah. So air is the most expensive, truck is cheaper, train, if we had a real rail system, it'd be cheaper, you know, but well, what drives your emissions? cube weight distance mode yeah it's it's identical so if you can reduce your cube and weight you reduce your distance move to a more efficient mode you reduce your emissions it's pure and simple so then yeah. i i think that's so interesting because so many people i, I think have this mentality of um you know it, I, I almost see it like as the tesla effect where it, people see the value in going green um but they 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 associate oftentimes with it being more expensive like it's a luxury item like hey i, I want to drive a tesla i just can't afford one so you know in, in the meantime i'm going to keep driving my truck um I, I think it's one of those things that uh has a perception of it's more expensive you know it's kind of that whole foods idea and to me that's exactly i think sustainability has a whole foods a Tesla Whole Foods problem, and yeah. and really, you look at Whole Foods, and a lot of it's not very sustainable. You know, shipping stuff all over the world. Yeah. Stuff. I mean, it's, there, there's this whole mystique. And the nice thing in logistics, where I think is special, is right. And I hate to say this, we all love our jobs, but it is truly waste. I mean, if you think about it, is all the packaging and movement is waste. So if you can reduce it you're reducing your emissions, you're reducing your costs, et cetera. And, you know, it's critical. Things need to get moved around, but the more you can reduce that, the better off you are. And, you know, that's basically, I tell people, like lean and green, they rhyme. And there's a reason because they're both about reduction, reducing your 
your cost, emissions, waste. And it's that's why, again, you get that one for one and we can talk about some different things you can do. Yeah, I, I think getting into some tactical things would be really helpful. Like what if I'm a shipper uh, and I'm using FedEx or UPS services, what can I be looking at? What should I be looking at right now in order to be able to do that? I think giving some some of those will be really helpful. But if we take just one step back further from that, what are some of the current challenges that shippers face right now in terms of sustainability? It sounds like from what we've talked about, it's a lot of just um, lack of understanding how the package moves and the levers you can pull that will reduce cost and therefore reduce sustainability or Im improve your sustainability. I think the biggest thing, like you say, is education. And that was really why I, I put together the, the site because it's so difficult to find information, right? Yeah. And and people, right, when you're in logistics, you're dealing with crisis after crisis. Yeah, you're, just get the packages out the door, man. That's that's it, what I hear a lot. It's, it's yeah. hard. So, right, it's like you'd like to do that, but you got a business to run. In the sustainability community, I think we deserve a lot of blame because we're talking about things like scope one, scope two, scope three, we, we throw all these words out that yeah. people are like, what is this? I have no idea. <laughs> and, and, it, and it and really it, it prevents people from figuring out like, well, what can I actually do? So I think that's the biggest thing is just understanding. And, and that's when I walk through some of the things, people will be like, oh yeah, those are no brainers. The, duh, I'm already doing some of this. And so- And it's, uh, it's easier than what is probably perceived it to be out there you know I, I i think it's in in my world where we we live in that data um that is the language in which uh you understand your, your your parcel shipping and when you can understand that data and speak that language you can really look for areas of cost reduction that impact on the sustainability side too um but it, it really is found in that data. Like in order to make those changes, you've got to be looking at what are your top zones? Um, you know, if you're shipping a lot to zones five, six, seven, and eight, predominantly seven and eight, if you're shipping a lot versus air versus ground, if uh, your, your packages are being dimmed out, if you've got a lot of dead space in that box or air in that box, these are all things that are really found in, okay, what do I need to improve on? You got to look at the data first. I mean, you you nailed it right there, right? And you just, I mean, and so here's the thing is, so let's just talk, let's start with what I tell people, the number one thing you can do from a, a simple and impact is right size your packaging. And now yeah. three to five years ago, you really didn't have many choices about how you do that. But now there's a whole array of solutions from software Companies like Packurit that'll help you figure out like what are the right boxes you should be stocking? Mm -hmm. What size box should you put that item in? And then you have you know automated systems that will build the box for you. And then you have at the high end, you have pack and ship systems that will literally will you know create the box, create the box. around the item. The yeah, that's cool. Put the label on it and reduce your, your labor cost by up to 80%. Yeah. You know, so and right, and when you put stuff in a smaller box, you are reducing your transportation costs because you avoid those dim charges. You're reducing your packaging costs, and you're delivering a better customer experience. You don't wind up on Twitter where your customer is ranting about. I uh, look at the box I got. Look at you know, yeah, exactly. I've yeah. seen a couple of those posts before. 
and it cracks me up. Like, and we've all got it. Like we've all ordered something either from Amazon or from another website where you, you think what should box shows up on your door. You think, what the heck did I order? I don't remember ordering something this massive and you open it up and it was your chat, your, your chapstick that you ordered or, or what have you, or your pair of socks that came in a, a massive box. You think, man, this is a complete waste. Yeah. And one of the trends, right? Companies want to really put their brand on the box, but then they limit the number of boxes and it's like, okay, the brand image may not be the one that you want to be showing. So yeah. that's, that's kind of what I tell people, just do one thing. That's it. They're the, the, the ROI and the solutions are off the chart. And you look at like from an impact. So there was a national retailer who spoke to their fill rate on a trailer base went from 800 to 1400 packages per trailer. Mokes. 75%, right? Um, <laughs> another one, they reduced the number of trucks by 14%. The impacts just go on and on and on. But just imagine, like if you were literally, if we got to 100%, like we would reduce the number of trucks by like 40% on the road because right, we're just shipping empty space and think about what that does to your bottom line. Yeah. If you do nothing, just do that. Yeah, that's a that's a great call out. We there there's a lot of models that that you know as we we talk to shippers every single day, um, we help model out. Okay, if you do make this change, if you if you are able to get this SKU or product into a smaller box size, let's model out what that box size uh, is going to it, it, the change is going to either cost you or save you. It's amazing to me to see the cost savings associated to that one change. It, it really is. And if, if you do it, you don't have to do it for, you know, I tell shippers, you, you don't have to do it for 100% of your boxes. You should, but you don't have to. You do it. It's the 80-20 rule. You do it for the 20% of, uh, of, of those boxes that make up 80% of your dim charges or what, what the carrier is billing you for the space you're taking up in the truck or the airplane. And that's going to be your, your, your lowest hanging fruit. That that is like I said, what you guys do helping that. I mean, again, simple things, big impact. Yeah. The, the, the next piece you talked about is like, hey, those long zones. I love California. I'm a native Californian, but it sucks if you're going to have a national distribution center there. It makes yeah. no sense whatsoever because when you look at from a population basis, right? Almost 50%, I think it's over 50%. I need to look at my numbers is is east of the Mississippi. Like literally, like half of your shipments are going to be zone seven and zone eight. Yeah. Um, versus if you like were to put your DC in Chicago, you're looking at like a 40% reduction in average distance that you're going to get, you know, just from a straight line. And right, that impacts your transits. That impacts yeah costs that impacts that's re, you know every one percent reduction in mileage reduces your emissions and then if you put a second you know if you put two dcs right you jumped about a 60 to 65 percent reduction in your average distance again reducing what your costs and yeah. your transits and if you go to the third one you're in like the 70 75 percent range so i mean you do get the law of diminishing returns so that just the the biggest thing is, hey, if you only want to put your stuff in one DC from a managing your inventory complexity, put it, you know, more in the center of the United States. Uh, I, you know, and I'm sure you guys help people with that, uh, doing that analysis, you know, or you know, put your put them in two. Just put your fast movers 
in the second one. It, it's amazing that the shippers that I see that have it together the best, meaning have the the the, the best, not just best in class pricing, but the lowest transit days. Uh, so faster to the client, um, lowest damage percentages, um, and and I would I would say the the ones that are most flexible. And I think flexibility. I think COVID in in uh, supply chain. I, I think it, it really tested um, the flexibility of people's supply chain, and it it failed. I think a lot of people's supply chains are really brittle, um, and and having that you know crack or fracture in that pressure you know, made shippers really understand the, the the need to be flexible. I can't think of anything more flexible than having options of where you're shipping from based upon where your customers are at and the products that you're selling. Uh, and it, sometimes it's seasonality. Sometimes it's like, oh yeah, I, I sell a, a somewhat seasonal product and it, it's really hot and heavy in, you know, Florida and Georgia and uh, Tennessee um and and then other areas uh different times of the year I'm, I'm really hot in new york new jersey rhode island area um and i'm all shipping from california that that is a horrible distribution network that um to your point costs more it's longer in transit but it's it's also if you think about it it, it it's not a great client experience if it takes five to ten business days to actually get your product because it's being shipped across country going ground but the, the number of times that that product is being handled by FedEx or UPS, you are leaving the, the door wide open for additional damage and uh, replacement costs, re, you know, uh, refunds and uh, returns that come back to you. I, I think 10 years ago, the idea of fulfillment out of multiple locations was more challenging. Um, a lot of shippers would think of it like, oh, you have to get another brick and mortar location. I have to train those employees. I got to have, you know, management that's overseeing them. No, the emergence of fulfillment and third-party warehousing that do storage, pick pack, and shipping services, and you can still use your FedEx or UPS account numbers, those have exploded. You have a lot more options now of, you know, having it be almost like an Airbnb style approach for warehousing. Absolutely. I mean, but that's the industry's changing rapidly and it's becoming more flexible and that like i say enables a lot of optionality Let, let's talk for a moment on the importance if i'm a if i'm a consumer of let's say a, a major e-commerce brand um that that i buy product from how important is sustainability to people who are buying product it's important but let's forget about the consumer for a second walmart Target, Home Depot, except they all have these these sustainability goals. They're yeah. going to go from a nice to have, we want you, to thou shalt. And that will be <laughs> happening over the next 12 to 36 months. I'm already yeah. beginning to hear stuff. So, you know, and those are big companies that, you know, and again, it's going to start at the top and ripple down. Uh, and then you're seeing, you know, you know, companies based out of Europe already. So it's going to be driven, not just on like, oh, it'll be good. For, the consumers care about this. Yeah, it, It's going to be like, hey, you need to do this. You need to show me how you're reducing because otherwise you're not going to be able to get my business. Yeah. I think that's one of the things is, yes, consumers care about it, 
but let's be honest it's really difficult there's today there's no like labeling like you know when you go to the store and you look at the thing and you say okay how many calories how much salt that doesn't exist so so it's a lot of like feel good oh you know this is and that's what like the whole food stuff right it, it's chock full of stuff that's you know supposedly more greenish but it's yeah. water shipped from switzerland in, a, <laughs> in an aluminum can and it's like that yeah. there's nothing green about that folks but it's really going to be driven by the these large retailers mandating like you need to measure this stuff and you need to show me how you're going to help me hit my goals in addition to them as consumers will also be pushing it as well and 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 everybody wants to be sustainable but everybody has to be profitable so just look at this from like like just like hey how can i reduce my costs and improve my customer experience by doing the things of putting in the right size box moving you know getting my inventory closer to my customer doing things like intermodal so you're moving it you know like on rail from the ports you know like in bulk in the inbound yeah. again rail so if you think about it if you move from air to truck it's about an 80 percent reduction in emissions per mile in addition because of the way the hub and spoke model set up for ups and fedex they don't have very many so you may wind up you know your item it's being shipped to salt lake city and it goes to memphis and then back out to salt lake city yeah. or you know or from washington dc to I, boston and i just got that one of the one of the packages i just ordered recently was being shipped from uh, austin texas via ups two-day air i live in salt lake city utah should have just traveled west a lot of people don't understand the mileage associated to a shipment as it's traveling and how fedex and ups actually move it so that shipment i watched it go from austin texas all the way over to louisville kentucky to ups's world port facility sit there and be sorted from there and then be flown all the way to Salt Lake City. If you were to track that mileage and the usage uh, of fuel to that, it's it's a pretty astonishing um, path. I mean, you would think it's it's less efficient to go the opposite direction, but for UPS and FedEx and how they're they're structured, to your point on the hub and spoke system, it 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 is more effective or uh, efficient for them. It just becomes very not a sustainable option for a lot of a lot of shippers. Yeah, and what people don't realize is that, you know, like for FedEx, almost 80% of their emissions come from planes. From UPS, it's about 60 some odd percent. For DHL, it's 70. So, you know, they all show on their sustainability reports, the, the bike courier, but that's just like this teeny tiny fraction. It's really in the, the line haul yeah and so you know the, the number one thing you actually the number one thing you do is just not ship express but if you are put your stuff in louisville put your stuff in indianapolis put it in memphis where you're like going direct from there so if you got it you know let's face it there's a reason why those exist and if you're shipping you know high value items that you know need to get there put your dc there because you're going to reduce a ton of mileage and also the other piece is the most CO2 intensive is liftoff, right? Mm. You're climbing. Yeah. So if you're shipping, say, from Austin to Salt Lake City and, it, you know, it takes off initially in Austin or 
goes to Whirlpool, and then it takes off again. So not only is the mileage much greater, but then each of those is more intense. So that's, oh, that's really interesting. You know, to hear you say, um, you know, try not to ship express is probably shocking for some listeners. But in reality, the way you can structure your, your transportation today, your, your parcel shipping today, you can reach 98% of the United States in a ground network if you if you do it properly. If you if you have it set up in the correct in the correct manner, there's a lot of shipping managers that are probably listening that are like, yeah, we shouldn't be shipping express because if I have it set up properly, I can just ship ground and reach the United States within a prime like experience of two to three business days. Yeah, and, and that's that's the thing, right? It's from my perspective, there's way too much focus on electric trucks and sustainable aviation, all this stuff that's really going to be like take a decade before it comes when there's so much we can do today yeah. um and you know and i'm more than happy to to have to talk to folks and help them you know understand and it sounds like you guys are you have the data so i mean when you're showing people how to be more efficient you know the only thing you really need to add is just you know some calculations again You've already got the distance. You've already, you've got the origin destination. You've got the mode. You know it, the adding the the piece to calculate the actual emissions. I mean, it's kind of a no brainer, and you've got a you know whole other value add for your customers. Yeah, I, I think you know, like I said, that data is the language, and it's tough to be able to understand what your 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 partial you know network is saying and what is working what's not working what needs attention if you don't fully speak that language Let, let's talk a little bit about how people can can reach you and what you're doing right now you recently joined delivered as their chief sustainability officer tell us a little bit about delivered services and what you're doing to you know advance sustainability and logistics at delivered yeah, so Delivered is a startup, a uh, national parcel carrier. So we are, um, rather than, you know, than owning, we are orchestrating. And, you know, everybody's trying to break free from the duopoly, right? Yes. You know, the FedEx raised their rates, UPS raised their rates, they, you know, put a new surcharge. And and people are, you know, trapped and, and tired of it. So, but it's difficult to use, you know, all the regional transportation providers, which oftentimes provide faster service, lower cost, better service, more personalized, because you're in Columbus or yeah, Cleveland yeah. and you're like, uh, how do I get it from Cleveland to LA? Um, now I've got to, you know, arrange that transportation and then integrate in that. So, you know, people, there's a lot of stumbling blocks. So with Delivered, what we're doing is we're that one call, we handle it all. You integrate with us, we become basically your, we become your carrier of record. So we handle the pickup, the line haul, the last mile, and we we're stitching together using software and our, you know, to make it a seamless experience, providing you, you know, one place to call for customer service, one bill, et cetera. And since we're, you know, not tied as much to the hub and spoke model, we're able to leverage, you know, more efficient uh, yeah. models. So get things faster more, you know, again, point to point. Um, so we just make it easier, more, more inexpensive, and ultimately more sustainable. And so my role is, you know, it's a startup. So probably 
10% of it's related to sustainability. Yeah, I, I know how startups go. I, I, we, you know, and, and that's the beautiful thing about transportation, especially on the final mile side, is there has been this fever of, of startups and innovation since COVID. And I, I love to see it. I mean, I, I, I come from that startup world and there is something really great about coming in and disrupting an older industry that clients are desperate, like you said, to get out of the the, the standard, okay, I got 6.9% on average GRI that hit me. My cost went up $200,000 for from, you know, uh, December 31st into January of this year. What, how do I, what, what can I do about it? Because a lot of people just feel like their hands are tied. I think they have more options than what they believe. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like I say, we're, you know, one of the beauties of being a startup is, you know, we're very flexible and we're really looking to, you know, work with our customers as partners. And as part of that, one of the things we're going to be doing is actually launching a right sizing partnership where we'll help our customers, you know, find solutions that can help them reduce, you know, the size of their package. So that way they can cut their costs. Uh, and it helps us be more efficient, right? On the line hall, we were able to fit more stuff in. So we're yeah. able to pass those savings along. Is, our real goal really is to be your your partner you know, help you grow your business. See, I, I knew we would we were gonna have fun. I knew this was gonna be a conversation where you get two people that are passionate about something. Uh, it's gonna be a fun conversation. The 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 floor is yours, Kevin. What where can people reach you? how can they you know interact with you and connect with you yeah, i'm pretty active on linkedin as you mentioned uh you can certainly you know visit our website shipdelivered.com i also have you know my my personal website uh cutco2.net where you can go and find insights and list information about how to you know the top 10 things you can do to cut your emissions as a shipper uh, so that's probably the best, best way. And then, you know, when I think about your business, you know, you guys having all that data uh, sit on just a huge opportunity because one of the things that I saw is today, like you do reporting, but it's not, you can't really do much decision-making on it because you don't have visibility, particularly to the routing. And since you have all of that information, you'll be able to tell people like, well, you know, if you use this carrier, here's how many miles to this destination versus that one. Uh, they may be the same zone, the same pricing, but can have tremendous different on a, from an emissions perspective. And I'll give you a for example, like if you're shipping from Washington DC to Boston, right? It's about 400 miles, you know, as a truck drives. But if you go to use UPS and go through Louisville, it's about 1300 miles. If you use FedEx, and you go to Memphis, it's about 2,000 miles. <laughs> so it's about a 30% difference in emissions. Yeah. And so the pricing is probably going to be very similar, but you guys are going to be able to help them tell, like, well, on these lanes, you know, you know, 80% of the time it's going to go like this, and you can, you know, reduce your emissions by using this carrier that just because of the way they move. So I think you guys are, you know, have just a huge opportunity to 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 mine that data to give people the insights they need to make decisions because that's really one of the missing pieces that i see yeah I, I i couldn't agree with you more i think it's one of those things that if people actually saw the differences between their options 
and the impacts or effects from those from those options, uh, they would make better decisions. And that's the whole purpose, right? Make better decisions being validated by the data that you see in front of you. Yeah, and, and unless you have that, right, you, it's hard to, how do you make decisions without having that insight, so? Yeah, gut feeling. Uh, there's there's a lot of people I talk to that say, you know, I, I have a gut feeling that this is that this is right. And, and what that translates to be is, um, I want to do the right thing. I want to make the right decisions, but I don't have the visibility to actually validate it in the way that I should. And if you try to do it in Excel, it just becomes a a, a complete nightmare. But I, I would really encourage anybody who's listening to go to that cutco2.net. I think one of those things that there's some something really interesting is that to your point that there isn't just volumes of information and there's no sustainability and logistics for dummies books out there on Amazon. So getting getting some uh, high level information of what you can do, how you can impact, uh, what you can control to reduce your overall carbon footprint, I think is as a shipper, a responsibility we all have. Yeah, and you know, like I say, it's once you kind of have somebody walk you through it, it the, the light bulbs go off, right? Just think about like, how do you cut your costs? And once you, when I tell people that, they're like, oh, like, oh, this is, oh, this is, I get it, right? And, and I think that, and, and for me, it took me a long time, you know, like to, like, scratch my head, like, what is all this stuff? How do I, mm -hmm. oh, uh, so yeah. anyways, I'm, I'm happy to help. Please reach out on LinkedIn. Um, I'm also going to be hosting some webinars at my uh, sustainability and profitability and logistics 101 webinar that I'm going to start kicking back up to at least once a month. People can just join in and um, you know get some get some insights and you know. Then my goal is to make it easy because you know you the people who are listening to this are very busy. It is not an easy industry, right? There's so many variables. There's things that are always happening. So I think that's one of the keys is we need to make it easy for for the people who are, you know, running our country, keeping things going. Yep. Yep. Low hanging fruit. That's that's where it's at. Uh, follow follow Kevin on on LinkedIn. That, that, that would be my kind of uh, parting comments. He, he, he gives some, some great kind of bite size, making it easy to be sustainable in, in transportation content that's out there. Kevin, thanks so much for joining. I really appreciate it. It's been a great conversation. Hey, thanks so much. It's been a lot of fun. Hey, thank you everybody for listening to this episode of Leadershiping. I had a wonderful time and I hope you did too. There's some really valuable resources that uh, we just covered uh, that you should take into your business. Sneak peek and teaser into next episode. Uh, really, our next episode is really focused around Amazon and the Amazon world. We'll go over Prime Day preparation with our guest, Matt Snyder who's an Amazon e-commerce expert, VP of online retail at Very. Matt is a phenomenal resource. We're excited to be able to chat with him. And some really cool things happening in the Amazon space right now. Buy with Prime is a big one. And will Amazon compete with FedEx and UPS? That's what we're gonna be covering also on our, on our next episode. Remember uh, to like and subscribe, uh, go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other po uh, podcast platform. Be sure to subscribe uh, so you never miss a new episode. I think um, what we're delivering here is ultimately 
intended to make your life easier and to make you more successful at your job working in logistics. Uh, you can also uh, check us out on our uh, Sifted's YouTube channel where we upload all this as well or at sifted.com uh, to learn more about what we do and how we live in that data to provide more insights and cost reduction to you at the bottom line. Thanks so much.